Welcome in, everybody. How's it going? You got me and Andrew here, and we are the Fantasy Football Debaters. Yes, sir. We are back with some more fantasy football talk. I am excited to be back. It has been a while, but I am ready. Such a lack of football, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, here we are. We're back here with a new improved program. Chris had some personal issues, but he is still with us in the podcast. And we are very excited to get talking about football, so let's get into it. Let's do it. So first up, we are going to be talking about our fantasy news. What is going on in the NFL this offseason? It has been wild. It has been wacky. Let's hear about it, it, Matt. What do you got? It is crazy, but yeah. So the first big piece of news I would like to bring bring up is Carson Wentz. So Carson Wentz went to Indianapolis. And Philip Rivers retired from Indianapolis. That was going to be one of my next segments. But Carson Wentz to Indy. Now, there's this raises some questions, but I think this is one of the biggest, one of the biggest splashes so far in the off season because Indianapolis seems to be like a, a team ready to win. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, they they have a really good offensive line they have a run game that's established they have a few decent receivers and their defense is looking good so they are definitely a team that's ready to win i agree with that and i don't know is carson wentz the guy to get it done i don't know but uh i i did write down receivers with a question mark because i don't know about all the they have ty hilton getting kind of old but did they add any receivers as of right now, no, they did not. Okay, so but I mean, either way, they have more than Philadelphia had for Carson Wentz originally. So it, no matter where he went, the receivers were going to be an upgrade. Yeah. So I believe he's in a better situation, and I think his draft stock goes up a little bit from this. Oh, I think, yeah, it definitely, it, it has to go up. There's no way it could go down after, you know, last year's atrocity. Yep. Yep. So going into the next two, I wrote down, we already said Philip Rivers retired. Drew Brees also retired. So now what that brings up into conversation for fantasy relevance is who will take over? Will it be Winston? Will it be Taysom Hill? Who's it going to be? What do you think? I've heard talks of Jameis Winston taking taking over and, you know, being the starting guy there. But with Taysom Hill being as versatile as he is, he's going to be taking away from Winston. They're going to be plugging him in more often than I think they had with Breeze playing when he was healthy. I think they're going to be utilizing him a little bit more. So I think that's going to take away from Winston or Hill, either way, I think it's going to be hard to to pick either of them fantasy-wise. Yeah, so I heard, I heard an interview by Sean Payton about, about the quarterback situation after Breeze retired, and basically he was saying that it's kind of up in the air between the two. They like Jameis Winston, but they also like Taysom Hill a lot, and he said that both of those guys are on the table and they're willing to look into free agency. At this point, it's getting a little late to look at free agency unless they're going to go for somebody like Watson 
but I think overall they're either going to draft somebody or who knows what they're going to do. But I think as of now, Jameis Winston has the best chance to be the legitimate starter. Yes, and they just re-signed him too, so I highly doubt they're going to have an off-season move at this point after you know re-signing Jameis Winston. Yep, so overall there's not going to be really many or too much to check out over there in New Orleans for the QB position. But let's move on to the next one. The next one is one of my personal favorite signings of the offseason is Ryan Fitzpatrick. So what do you think about Ryan Fitzpatrick to Washington? I love it. I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I love it. I think Washington is a team that is also, you know, starting to move up. You're seeing them defensively. They bulked up big time. They have some talent on offense. They have scary Terry. They just signed Curtis Samuel, who has yep. uh, been shown to be explosive, you know, this year. I, I think him, him uh, putting him in that situation is actually going to help him out, especially since he's probably going to be the starter and they're not going to mess around with him like Miami did. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, Fitzpatrick, that's a great pickup right there. I mean, we could get into the next one. But I think that Fitzpatrick is a much better hire than this next one. And as all of our fans know, we are beloved Bears fans. And we got the signing of Andy Dalton. So Uh, that idiot is going to be our starter. And I would much have preferred Fitzpatrick. So I think Fitzpatrick is in a great place. Curtis Samuel and Scary Terry worked together back in college. And they they always dreamed of playing on the same team. I think they're a perfect mix of guys on a team. And obviously the defense over there. But let's move into Andy Dalton to Chicago. What do you think, Andrew? You know, it's not even just the signing of Andy Dalton. It's the promise of a starting job. I mean, Jesus. come That's, on. That, exactly. I, you got you got to be kidding me with that. You know, we saw Andy Dalton play. He was put – I'm not going to say that the Cowboys are the most competent coached team and managed team, but there's talent there. There was so much talent coming out of Dallas, and he still wasn't – you know, he wasn't any good. Yep. I, I don't I know. Just don't, I don't I know what they're thinking see, there. I, I cannot see – a team that wants to make a championship run thinking Andy Dalton is the guy because it's, it's too late. You know, he's not nowhere near his prime and he's just not even, you know, I think it's just a dumb move. So Andy Dalton was a backup last year. And I think that his fantasy draft stock was higher being set backup than being the starter of the bears this year. How do you feel about that one? I I think I I am gonna have to disagree with that. I don't think it's his stock was higher as a backup because I think as a starter you always have to go with a starter over a backup when it comes to quarterback. Yes, but I'm just saying that's how bad he's gonna be. I think, <laughs> you think with, you're predicting with no receivers. <sighs> you know, I I I I kind of have to agree with that because he does have Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, but. It's a deflated Allen Robinson that doesn't want to be there and a Darnell Mooney that has had no one to throw him the ball. So Yeah. And obviously we're obviously we're being a little sarcastic there. I mean he's gonna be 
hopefully one of the top 32 quarterbacks by the end of the year. But I think it's going to be bottom if he can even stay healthy for a whole season. I think that's, I mean, I think we should move on to, into the next topic. What? What? What say yeah. you, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, I say let's get out of that. Get that nasty uh, so, taste out of my mouth. Yep. The next biggest trade of the offseason is going to be a double quarterback swap. So we had Stafford and Jared Goff switching teams. So Stafford goes to the Rams and Goff goes to the Lions. So I I don't know what everybody else thinks, but I think Stafford is in a great position now. I was a big fan of Stafford last season. He didn't perform up to expectations, got injured. But Stafford going into this year, I think it is, is in a much better situation, and he is going to be far and away way better than he was in Detroit. I'm, I agree with that. I think he is in a much better place. The only thing that pops up for me is I started to question Sean McVay's coaching a little bit last year for the Rams. I, I think, yeah, Jared Goff was a bit of a problem, and he wasn't all that great. But I, I'm not gonna lie. I was not a fan of a lot of the play calling surrounding that, and I don't think I think it's Sean McVay is definitely a step up from what Stafford came from with Detroit. I mean, Matt Patricia is what he's had for a while now, and that dude yeah. is, was just bad. So I yeah, don't, I don't I, know. I don't know if I can. Sean McVay is a very smart head coach. He's a very innovative head coach. I mean, you you saw the way he played certain games. He uses many different things to his advantage, even in like the quick snap and everything. I mean, he comes up with a lot of stuff that helps his guys out. And I think that Jared Goff is just part of that part of that class of quarterbacks who couldn't adapt and needed a certain type of offense that Sean McVay was not I mean, he was willing to give it to him, but he didn't he didn't perform as well as he as he should have in that I mean Matt Stafford opens the door for Sean McVay to do much more. You got a good veteran who's smart and can sling the ball and is used to not having a good line, used to not having – I mean, he's had good receivers, but not having a ton of good receivers, and now he's in no running game. So I think that I think that those two are going to work much better together. I, I agree with that, and I'm hoping that Stafford will do good there. I, I like the man. Yep. But now moving on to the other end of that trade deal, Jared Goff is going to be much, much worse than he was in previous years. I think that Sean McVay was the only thing making him stand up in this league, and he's going to be in trouble now heading over to Detroit. Especially just the team differential alone. You go from a playoff contending team to Detroit. And yeah, <laughs> and now you got now you got to deal with coaching incompetence, GM incompetence, offensive line incompetence. You know, it's just he, he's in a rough situation to say the least. And I agree, I don't think he is all that. I I really don't. So I think he's yeah. gonna be struggling coming into this next season. Yeah, and you saw he he excels in an offense where they do play action. Now, the problem with play action in a place like Detroit is if you don't have a run game, the play action is not going to work. So Jared Goff is not the guy that could just drop back straight into the pocket and throw the ball around the field and be successful as Stafford was. So I don't believe that Goff is going to have any significant fantasy impact at all this year. 
especially without Galladay. I mean, who's his top receiver now? Is it is it Marvin Jones? Is it no, one Marvin of the guys Jones. they picked up? Marvin Jones is gone. Marvin Jones gone. So Galladay and Jones are gone. Who uh, who did yeah, they pick up again? Brashad Perriman, maybe. Yeah, Brashad Perriman. So a former Jet that was not successful with the Jets. Let's let's just uh, move past the fact that Jared Goff is he he is no longer in contention of being drafted in a fantasy league, in my opinion. I agree. So then we'll move he on. Will have, uh, he will have well. Just backtrack, sorry. He will have Hawkinson as the only guy. I, I'm assuming yeah. Hawkinson's on the team. Yep, yep. He's on he yeah, should be that, on his rookie deal the, still. Yeah, that's gonna be the only thing that he's gonna be able to throw to that can sometimes catch the ball. Yeah, but that guy also proved that he had some pretty good stone hands there. Yes, he did. He's he's not going to be enough. I mean, Jared Goff likes his tight ends in play action. And if they could figure out the run game, Jared Goff might be okay. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. No. So let's move on then to uh, an even lesser person of interest, I guess, for fantasy football than even Goff is Mitchell Trubisky from our own Chicago Bears. Where'd he go, Andrew? Oh, he went to Buffalo, baby. And by that, I meant he went to the bench where he belongs. Yes, he went He went straight to the bench, barring an injury to Josh Allen. So Mitch Trubisky, he, he signed a one-year deal to be a backup, basically. And he's either going to prove himself in the preseason or get a chance in game-like situations or not game-like, but game situations if Josh Allen gets injured. But I don't I don't see that happening. Buffalo runs a good team. I don't believe that uh, Allen got it, got injured very, very much at all last year. So Trubisky's no, going to be riding the bench. But I will say he is a grade-A backup. I will say that. Yeah, I, will, I was going to say I think that's actually a good place for him because clearly Buffalo likes to – utilize a quarterback that can run the ball we know mitch can run i i do think it's going to be a decent place for for mitch himself as a player so i think that i think that's a smart move by buffalo yes i think buffalo like you said he's he's a similar player to josh allen he can run the ball i think that for trubisky this is a perfect opportunity there's no pressure on him he can work on his game Work on his uh, reading the defense without actually being thrown in there. He's gonna he's gonna get the chance to learn uh, from the bench for a while instead of having all the pressure. I agree. So finally, we'll move in to our last quarterback. It's gonna be Deshaun Watson. So he didn't go anywhere, but he is a threat to sit out this season if he does not get a, the trade that he demanded. Now. Watson is obviously a star-studded quarterback, one of the top guys in the league, and he is fed up with the atrocious place called Houston, and the management there has just been awful. They they have screwed their relationship with him. Do you think Watson's going to get traded? I think that's tough. I I would say they have to because otherwise they're going to they're going to get nothing for him if they decide to hold, you know, let him hold out or whatever, and then his contract's up or they cut him or whatever the deal may be. 
They, they're well, here's have the thing. They're not going to cut him. They're not going to cut him. He's got a 10-year deal. So basically the only hope Watson have has of leaving is if he gets traded. I mean, if they if they want to be sticklers, they can ride him on the bench and I mean, but they're paying him a lot to ride the bench. That's the problem. But he his they he's just signed a 10-year extension last year. So yeah, I just he's, he's going to be around for a while unless he gets traded. It it's just a huge waste of money to have somebody just sitting on your bench and I can't see if they wanted to be sticklers, yeah, they could, but I don't see how that's going to benefit them in any way. But then again, the incompetence of the management over there has exactly. been beyond me. So uh, you never know. But I, I don't really yeah. think they're going to go that far because that would just be unproportionately stupid. I don't but, know. They, I mean, like they, a- they've talked about him staying. At the, they, the new head coach who they hired <sighs> – who hasn't really had a chance to be a head coach, but it was not the best option. He he was saying that Deshaun Watson is going to be the starter, basically. And you could tell that the management forced him to say that based on his interview beforehand. I don't know if everybody's heard about that, but we'll move past it. So basically, the head coach has now said that Watson will be the starter for the Houston Texans for this season and for the future. But I don't, I don't think that they're willing to trade him, and I think Watson will go as far as to sit out for this season because his talent speaks for itself. I wouldn't be surprised if he did sit out because, I mean, he, he deserves something better than what he has. I, he's proven that. Yeah, yep. And uh, do you have anything else? Any other, any other big QB news here? No, I don't have anything significant. Okay, so let's move on into our second segment of the day. So our top three quarterback breakouts. By the way, if you have not been able to tell, this is a QB episode. We want to start off strong with the quarterbacks. So this is going to be our top three breakout candidates for the QB position this year for the 2021 season. So I'll hand it over to Andrew. You want to read off your first name there? Yep, so my very first breakout, and I put him at the top of my list because I think he's going to really break out, and I, I think this is a guy you might have on your list. I have Jalen Hurts. Yes, that is uh, how, 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 also how my number one. Yeah, I, I, f- I figured he would be, and I'm sure Chris would also agree if he were here that Jalen Hurts is going to be a player that you want on your fantasy team for this upcoming season. Yep, and I I think that he's not flying as under the radar as most quarterbacks because he looked good last year in the last few games, but I think you can get him later. I don't think you're going to have to spend a high draft pick on him, and I think he might be just what you need. Now, I do have some concerns about him, though. He. Coming, coming from Philadelphia, he has no receivers. He no longer has Doug Peterson as the coach. Uh, so I don't think his upside is all the way to like what Kyler Murray was last year. I do think, however, that he's going to break the top 10. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I think I think that for, for him, he's going to be another one of those players where he's just a standout guy in, in a bad 
situation because like you mentioned Philadelphia has no receivers they're so they're so bad at at receiver wise that they had to drop you know the likes of someone like Aguilar when he went to the Raiders you know that's that's just how bad they are they're they're associated yeah. with him but i mean all jokes aside Hertz is going to have to be the man he's going to have to prove it he's going to have to do it by himself you know, and he might have to do it with his legs, and I I could see that, you know, yep. being Jalen a huge factor. Jalen Hurts looks like a very dynamic type of quarterback. I mean, his he he reminds me somewhat of Lamar Jackson. He can run pretty well. His throwing isn't amazing yet, but it it is definitely better than Lamar's, and he's not as good of a runner. So I think it balances out. But yeah, I I see where where do you see Jalen Hurts? ending up by the end of the year do you think he's going to be uh qb1 so top 12 do you think he'll break that i would say yes i have him sneaking into top 12 and i think not many people are going to be expecting that because you're i don't think he's going to be the top he's going to be gone as one of the top 12 quarterbacks in the draft so i think like you mentioned earlier you can get him later and he's going to be yes. one of those guys that's going to be a good pickup for you. Yep. So I think I think he's right now he's at my number 10 and I think he has a potential to move up for me because with some of the questionable QB conversations going on with the guys above him for example Deshaun Watson if if you could take Deshaun Watson off the list he's right there he's a, he's at number 9 already. So I think that he has the potential to break top 10, but I don't think he's going to be a superstar yet until they get him some help. I mean, the draft could change things or free agency, but as of this moment, I don't think he's going to be a superstar. No, and you're also looking at the offensive line that has not been all too great either, so he's going to be running for his life. He's going to be throwing it to nobody. Yep, I, I believe they be were talking about shopping Zach Ertz as well. I don't know if you know anything about that, but Zach Ertz I, has I basically been their best. Yeah. Re- yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so I, he's been pretty much their best receiver, and he's the tight end. Uh, him and Dallas Goddard have obviously been two of the better tight ends of the of the league, but that was with Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts, I think, needs a receiver. He needs. I mean, they have Jalen Rager, who is shown to be injury prone, as has every Philadelphia receiver lately. But basically, he needs a receiver. They need to draft someone. They need to pick up somebody. But if that happens, then he will be climbing my rankings. And the thing that holds him back as well is, like I said earlier, the coaching situation. I don't know who their head coach is. I have honestly not given it much thought. But without Doug Peterson, I think he drops for me. Yeah, I could agree with that. So, uh, that, like that was my number one, just like you. So, if that's all we have on Jalen Hurts, let's move. I'll I'll say my number two. My number two is going to be Jameis Winston. Interesting. Yes. So I, I we already, we did talk about Jameis Winston as, I mean, not not too much going on there, but I think. In, in the team that he's on, obviously Sean Payton likes him. He got to learn from Drew Brees, and uh, 
He does have players like Michael Thomas. Obviously, they lost Emmanuel Sanders, but he's still got Michael Thomas. He's still got Kamara. He's got a great coach in Sean Payton, a good defense. And, I mean, just being able to learn from a guy like Drew Brees to make better decisions, because that was his biggest problem. He's always had the talent, but his problem has always been throwing interceptions, making bad decisions. And he had that LASIK eye surgery, which is uh, also a step up in my book. Yeah, and I think I could see him uh, doing better than before, but what I would like to see him have is a deep threat. Generally, Michael Thomas is not a deep threat, and if Michael Thomas goes down like he did last year and whatnot and has issues, who who is he going to throw the ball to? Well, that dude, uh, Traquan Smith, I believe, is a little bit of a speedster. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll be drafting somebody. But I think having Kamara alone, as long as Jameis Winston's willing to, to dump it off, I think that that gives just being on that team with the coaching and, and the, the designs of the plays and, and just the players on that, on that team makes him a total breakout candidate for me because he's proved that he can throw the touchdowns. And, I mean, he's not a rookie, but I believe this could be his breakout season where he can solidify as the starter and possibly break in on fantasy. I think he's just going to – it's going to be a little bit more of a struggle. I don't think he's really used to dumping off the ball to his running back a lot. I don't think that happened much in his past. And that no, is no, it big, didn't. It didn't. But he's in a different offense now. That that's the yes, point that I'm it, trying that, to bring just, up. Yeah, I'm just saying. I think that's going to be hard for him to adjust to. And I like, like I said, if Michael Michael Thomas can stay healthy, that's a huge plus. But outside of that, maybe the guy you mentioned. Um, I think he's, Smith, yeah. Yeah, I think he needs someone else, like one other, you know, good player for him to to be like a full breakout breakout, but I do, I can see where you're coming from. And I definitely think if he's going to be the starter, it is almost impossible for him to do worse fantasy wise than he did last year. So yeah, I can see where you're coming from. But yeah, I mean, I I think he's going to be a breakout in that he has the opportunity to break that top 12. I, I don't, I, this is like I said, with breakouts, I mean, this is not 100%. This is not a sure thing, but I believe that Winston has that opportunity, and I would give it a 50-50 shot that he he might find that elite talent that he previously has had. So let's hear your number two. My number two, I got my boy Ryan Fitzpatrick. All right. Uh, not too much to debate for me for that one. See, I I didn't think it would be that debatable, but I think he's going to be a breakout just because he's going to be the starter over there. We've seen his talent. We kind of already talked about it. He's got Scary Terry, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson with the run game. He's going to have help over there. I think he's going to do pretty well, and provided he plays the whole season without coaching goof-ups and whatnot... I think he could be someone that you see sneak up into your top 12 into your QB one spot. Yeah. So here's the, here's the issue I see with this is that 
Fitzpatrick was good last year on Miami. He's been off and on his whole career, but we can't forget all those interceptions that he was that he had been throwing his whole career. He's getting older. Maybe that makes him a little wiser, but you can't just forget about that because he's had what a good year where he played half a season. I mean that don't forget that that's his specialty. Come in and be amazing for a few games, but not be good for a whole season. Yes. I I can't, you know, overlook that, but he's also been on some pretty bad teams where he hasn't had much help and he hasn't had good coaching and any of that. So I think being on a, a better team like just a just a playoff team, I think they're going to be a playoff team this this year. I think it's going to be a totally different viewpoint for him and him coming in knowing he's the starter, no competition. You know, with that, I think it'll be helpful for him, and I think it'll boost him to make him become better than he previously has. Yeah, so, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is honestly one of the most likable players in the league, and I believe most people are rooting for him, especially on Washington, but I I would be cautious in selecting him, especially if you want to make him your number one QB. I, I would be a little bit cautious with that because he's he's been known to just have – I mean, just basically shit the bed and be nothing for for a good portion of a season. I mean, I will give him a lot of credit for the past couple seasons. He's been pretty good and like pretty, I mean, magical as his nickname fits magic. But I don't know. I, I just don't think we could forget about all that. No, and I think he is someone, too, that you're generally not going to see go in a draft super early. I think he's someone you could maybe a little bit more eyes are going to be on him because of the move to Washington, but I think he's someone you can get general, generally later, and it would be a smart pickup for your team. Yeah, I, I agree with that to a point. Yeah, I mean, if you can get him as your number two quarterback, the upside that he brings I think is – I mean, yeah, fantastic. Because I mean that I fully agree that he is a good breakout candidate. So you don't have too much of an argument from me. I would just say be cautious. But yeah, if you could get him as your second quarterback in a draft, I I would be totally okay with that. I would just be a little nervous to take him as my first quarterback, uh, knowing what's behind him. Yeah, that ma- that makes sense. So who uh, who's your guy? Who do you got? Okay, so my third guy, this one might be a bit of a debate, all right? Oh, boy. So here we go. I believe Daniel Jones oh, is going to be a breakout candidate. <laughs> you got to be kidding me, man. No, Dude, no, like, no. This time is for real, all right? All, I was oh, just a year, a, year, a season too early on him when I was saying how good he's going to be. So Daniel Jones, let me get into it before you start yelling, all right? I don't even want to hear what you got to say about Daniel Jones, man. You know what? You're going to hear it. You're going to listen. So his O-line, he had a young offensive line last year. He cleaned up his his turnovers a little bit, all right? Not hard to clean it up a little bit, but I believe he's just going to improve. His O-line has one year more experience. They're all young. And my number one thing is Kenny Galladay. I did not have him on my list until I found out that Kenny Galladay is going to be their number one receiver now. 
So I think that they that pushes them into almost elite receiver talent. As long as they keep the rest of their guys, I did not do much research into the rest of his receivers, but if it's Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, and uh, Darius Slayton, I believe that they have an elite talent there. And if Saquon can get it back on the field, which hopefully he will, I think Daniel Jones is this is this is the year. Either either uh, get on or get off, Danny Dimes. And you are willing to wager that he is going to do it. Because previously, I haven't seen it from him. I, I haven't <laughs> seen, first of all, the number one thing I haven't seen is a grip on the football. <laughs> That's, because, yeah, well, he's cleaned it up a little. A little I don't really think he has. And you saw some interceptions. You saw his, he wasn't all that great at throwing. He wasn't very accurate, as his nickname, Danny Dimes, previously suggests he clearly can't even run right you know can't <laughs> off hey, come on. Tripping, didn't you see the meme where he got that. sniped i i have seen that meme and i enjoy it but from a football perspective come on man <laughs> like you, you can't be you know tripping over blades of grass yeah I, I, not that that's you know that much of a fantasy factor but it's just well, I, don't I mean, think, that's six points that he that he didn't get. <laughs> I don't think that would have put him to top twelve. I think that would have kept him at whatever thirty. Spot no, no, was. not in the not in the overall uh, <laughs> in the overall scene of things. But yeah, in that game, that was six points that he left there because he tripped. Yeah, that you would just want to choke him out for. Yeah, but however, he didn't have Kenny Galladay last year, and he didn't have Saquon for most of the season, so. I don't I think, think I think I don't think Saquon's even I mean obviously Saquon's a great athlete but the backup did fine. I don't think Yeah. There was that much yeah. struggle. So I, I don't think Saquon being out really hindered Danny Dimes' performance as much well, as he would Saquon like. Well, Saquon is a, is a better receiver receiving back than than the backup. So I Saquon they they feed him the ball a little bit more and he pads the quarterback's stats by breaking off big runs after the catch. Uh, and I think that Kenny Galladay makes that much of a difference towards him. It's also, he's going into his second year with Joe Judge, the the head coach. Uh, Joe Judge was the first time head coach last year, and maybe the, maybe the chemistry wasn't there yet, but I think that this year he's going to be much better. I think that the Giants are a team that is on the way up, and Danny Dimes is going to lead that charge. I think if they could get their offensive line going and then protect him and he can get the ball out of his hands quickly enough before it gets smacked out of his hands, then yeah, I could see him doing better. I think he could be considered a breakout considering how poor he did last year, just based off of that fact alone. But I am 100% not wasting a pick on him at all. Maybe, maybe if he's out there and, free agency or something but i am not wasting a draft pick on him just to find out that he you know he's back to his old ways or something something happened on that team i'm not i'm just not going to risk a pick on him well i would i would take him like i said in the last round last year you would have been screwed (laughs) well you know he got injured last year if that's any consolation but yeah, I don't know. I think he's a good breakout candidate. But let's hear yours. What do you got? So I can uh, give you the same dump that you just shitted on me. 
Yeah, well, I don't think you can dump on this. Uh, it's kind of bland, I'm not going to lie to you. But I got Justin Herbert being a breakout. And oh, I, have, yeah, I think I, I think I am going to blast you a little for that one because do you think he's really going to do much better than he was last year? I think so. I think he kind of broke out to the onto the scene and you know surprised everybody and whatnot. But he also kind of got thrown in there with no preparation, kind of last minute with. Uh, I'm sorry, was it Terod Taylor? I, I don't even remember. Yes, Terod it Taylor. was Taylor. So it was, yeah, so he was kind of thrown in there, and and I know how you feel about quarterbacks' first season versus their second and, and whatnot, but I think he's, he's, a, he's a young guy, he's a smart guy, he's an athlete above all, he has the willingness to win, and I think he has some talent over there. Yeah, well, that, that is going to, I mean, it's a good thing you brought that up because that's exactly what I was going to say. In a lot of these quarterbacks, first year when they just get dumped into that role, the defenses don't know what to expect. We've talked about this multiple times. But I think that he might be one of the guys that regresses a little bit because maybe not having to worry about the defense and just kind of get getting thrust into there uh, just to play football, I think that helps some guys. And when the defense is not prepared for them, that gives him kind of an edge. And coming into this next year, they know what his, his uh, physical tendencies are. They know they know just when he when it gets down to it, they know how he's going to play the game. And that it makes it tougher for a quarterback in his second year. So I think we might see a little bit of a, a sophomore slump. Uh, and I don't know if he's going to do much better than he did last year. However, he does have a lot of talent, and he looks very good out there. So – I think this one's a bit of a toss-up. I could see it going either way. I think it can be considered a breakout because he did end up last year as rank number 10, according to our dumb fantasy football app. But Yeah, I think that we're doing be, away with, hopefully. Yes, yes, but I think he's going to be a breakout because he's going to do better, even better than that. I think he's going to reach better than top 10 he's going to be a name on there that you that you are generally not going to be that surprised to see anymore i think yeah i mean i think top 10 is is a pretty easy bar for him to hit assuming keenan allen can stay healthy that's that's going to be one of the biggest things for me can keenan allen stay healthy i mean without keenan allen you saw him drop off significantly at the end of the season last year and I think that they hired a new head coach, did they not? They fired the Todd Bowles, or no, not not Todd Bowles, whatever his name was, that was their head coach, who was pretty inadequate. I believe they fired him, and hopefully with a new head coach coming in who's who can use timeouts correctly, maybe maybe he will be better. Yeah, Brand, I looked it up. Brandon Staley is the new guy. I am hoping... That he can do better. I think uh, another hindrance, maybe towards Herbert, is losing Hunter Henry. Yes, but how because much did I, Hunter Henry really play? I'm not. 100%. I know he's been hurt a lot. Yeah, but I do think that is someone that was going to help him out. And I, I believe, if I'm correctly, they, if I am correct, they signed uh, Jared Cook, and I don't really. Th- 
see that as like a huge upside because I mean Jared Cook is getting older and he didn't really perform all all too well. Well, I, mean, I, I think I, that uh, obviously Hunter Henry I think Hunter Henry is better, but I think that Hunter Henry just gets injured too much and isn't on the field enough. And I think Jared Cook being on the field more and having that veteran presence, especially a tight end, always helps a young quarterback. I could I could see that, and I just hope he will catch the ball in the end zone and help out Herbert because he, he did drop a few balls that I was not too happy about last year. <laughs> yes, do, if I, anybody I, didn't know, Andrew had him on his fantasy team, and it was a rough ride for him, to put it – to put it lightly. Yeah, but I think I think he will uh, do better fantasy-wise with Herbert, but that's not what we're talking about. Anyways, uh, that's uh, that's my breakouts. I'm done. All right. Done so that guys. wraps it up. Let's uh, finish it off with uh, – we, we have a bit of a lengthy debate today. It's a pretty big section, but we're going to get right into the debate section, which is always our favorite section, and we're going to talk about – the from our rankings list. So if you remember, we brought up our ranking list last episode, and we have been hard at work on these on this list. And we're going to give you our top three quarterbacks and argue each other why they are in the position they are. So I'll start it off here. My number one is going to be Kyler Murray. Andrew, what's your number one? My number one is Josh Allen. Okay, Josh Allen. So my number two is Josh Allen. So not too far off. Who's your number two? My number two is going to be Patrick Mahomes. Okay, Patrick Mahomes is my number three. So who is going to be your number three then? My number three is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. So I think that might be the biggest debate part of this whole thing to me. I know. I was actually considering dropping off Mahomes from this list entirely just because of the fact that they lost two of their linemen, and I think that's going to be a huge hindrance because you see, you are, you saw yeah. how how Mahomes did without his offensive linemen, but I had to leave him in there because it's still Patrick Mahomes on the high high powered offense. Yeah, I I still have him at at number three because he is. Obviously, just a once-in-a-lifetime type of talent. His the coaching and the system, they they pretty much always get it right. So I don't see too much. I mean, the linemen obviously they matter, but I don't see too big of a reason why you can't assume that he's going to be just as good as he's always been. However, I do think these other two guys are going to be ahead of him this coming season. So. Basically, let's talk about Josh Allen first. So he's your number one. Uh, Basically, we did. uh, We'll give you a sneak peek at our list that is not out yet. But Josh Allen, I had him at a consistency rating of five. What did you have? I had him at a six, so I'm not far off. Nope, that's pretty close. So against, so we have a against top defenses and against bottom defenses. So against top defenses, I had him at eight, and against bottom defenses, I had him at seven. Okay, really quickly, we are grading one through ten. Yes. One being worst, ten being the absolutely perfect. 
So yep. the higher up they are, the better they are in that category. So I have Josh Allen versus the top defense. I had him at a nine and versus bottom defense. I had him at an eight. Okay. So basically just a step up in every, every rank for me. So that's probably why I have him at my number two. Uh, he was, uh, his 2020 rank was number two through 16 games and his injury risk. I have him at high. What, uh, what do you got there? I have him at low to moderate because so, he doesn't have much injury past. No, he doesn't have an injury pass, but the way he plays the game, running running the ball all the time, he does take hits. He's not uh, the greatest slider. So I I have him I have him at high, but that's that's not too much of an issue here. Um his schedule, I have him at a six, so uh, a pretty decent schedule. Not not too not too hard. Um, but somewhere right in the middle. I didn't have the rankings for the schedules. I did take a look. I just didn't come up with an official number. But I did like his schedule. I, I think it's going to be easier. But I also want to mention uh, they they did lose John Brown. I don't think that's going to hinder them all that much. But they did pick up Emmanuel Sanders. And I think that'll, that'll be a, a little veteran you know, on the team, veteran experience is going to help him out. I think that's an upgrade. Yeah. I still have Cole Beasley. Yeah. So let's get into the second name that, uh, the first name that's on my list here, because he didn't make your list at all. So how are you going to do Kyler Murray like that? How are you going to do it? The only reason, only reason I did not have him on my list because I really wanted to put him, and I would, like I said, with that whole Mahomes thing, I was questioning putting Kyler, switching him in there. But Kyler is in a tough division. That's the only reason. He's in a tough division. You got the 49ers defense that's going to be playing hard against him. You got the Rams defense playing hard against him. And then, I mean, Seattle's defense, not... not yeah, Seattle much. is a joke, in my opinion. <laughs> Over there. But it's it's a high, very highly competitive division there and i think he's gonna have a tougher time and that's where the yes. a good portion of your games are coming from are the division but did you see the rest of his schedule besides that he has a lot of atrocious teams that he's playing he's got i mean just list off that all i'm seeing is green basically besides besides green bay and his division i mean every every other team is just green i mean houston carolina dallas detroit Jacksonville, Tennessee, Chicago's on the decline, Minnesota. I mean, he's got such a good schedule coming up for this year that I don't see obviously he's going to have tough division games, but the rest of his schedule is cake. He's going to be he's going to be sliding right through. He's got they signed AJ Green. I don't see any reason. How did you put Dak Prescott above Kyler Murray? We had this debate last year. Yeah, and I Dak was on track to be the best. I think it does not matter what he's on track to do. He was played what three or four games. I'm pretty sure he played more than that, and I'm pretty sure he was beating Kyler well after he was already injured. So I don't want to hear yeah, that. Maybe for a game, maybe for a game, no. but Dak Prescott is not. I mean, especially coming off an injury. I mean, look at you can look back to last year all you want, but. Coming into this year, he's coming off a bad ankle injury that benched him for the whole year. You really think he's going to be coming out like he was last year? 
I think it'll be harder, but I think he's got something to prove now. Now he's, you know, a lot of people were questioning him last year if he was going to, you know, he's got a super team and yet he can't do anything. And now he's facing questions of, of people questioning him whether he's going to be able to do anything with the injury. I think he's coming into a completely stacked team. And I think he was, it was proven that he was the centerpiece of that whole basically team. When he went down, their whole team went to crap. I think he's a huge part of the team. And I think if nothing, he can just dump the ball off to Zeke. He's not, you're, you're not going to see him running around as much, although he, he didn't really rely on his running rushing stats, but I think he still has a ton of talent there. He has something to prove now. His division, I mean, is questionable to say the least. I think he's got a easier, easier schedule than or easier division. I mean, than uh, than Kyler does. Yes, I mean I agree with that. But Dak Prescott, I mean. You could say his team is stacked, but Kyler Murray's receiving core is more stacked now than Dallas's because Amari Cooper is not that good anymore. He is, I believe, he's completely dropped off. Uh, who's who's their CD Lamb is probably their their biggest upside on that team as receiver, and Ezekiel Elliott is on the decline because he first of all he's come in every for the past two years he's come into camp out of shape and ineffective he's had fumbling issues he's had I mean just it seems like just laziness issues and I mean he's come into camp fat two years in a row now and had and he's and he's worked through it throughout the season but I mean he's gotten he's gotten benched last year for for fumbling and obviously they have a good backup Dak but I and another guy I want to mention he did not do good at all was Michael Gallup uh, he did not. He was not a factor. But then again, Andy Dalton was, and whoever else was throwing him the ball for most of yes. the season. So I think Michael Gallup could be another factor. And I think Dak didn't get that much playing time with C.D. Lamb. I think he's going to come back and he's going to be good. And I don't think unless he, you know, gets injured, but that cannot be predicted. Yeah. No. I mean, it I can't think be he's predicted, be up there, but. Yeah, I don't know. Kyler Murray, I believe, has way more upside than Dak Prescott, especially like, I mean, with with his receiving core, DeAndre Hopkins, I believe, is better than anybody that Dallas has. And then AJ Green, if he can, if he could stay healthy, he is got to be one of the best number twos in the league. I mean, obviously, that's a big if. Questioning if he could stay healthy, considering he probably hasn't played any games at all in the last like five years. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that, but they already had, I mean, they have uh, Christian Kirk. They have uh, that that breakout tight end. He, he was doing a little bit better. And uh, Kyler Murray can, st- yeah, oh, the Arnold dude. Uh, he moved teams. I, I just read that. Oh, he moved he's done. Teams, so they wow. Yeah, no. All right. My own argument coming back to bite me. <laughs> But yeah, other other than those those four games they're gonna have to play against San Fran and the Rams, I mean, Kyler Murray is is set up to win. I mean, they're set up to make the playoffs this year. I mean, there's 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 not much that's gonna stop him from taking that number one spot. Someone would have to have an extraordinary season 
to, I mean, p- keep pace with Murray, and I don't, I don't think that's going to be Dak Prescott. I'm going to look forward to seeing how the season goes, but I, I nothing against Kyler Murray because he's an incredible athlete with with a ton, a ton of talent surrounding him. Uh, I. I don't know. Maybe if they can get a running back that could help them out a little bit, that would that would be beneficial to them as well. Yeah, I mean, they lost let, Kenyon Drake. Did they? They, they lost Kenyon Drake. Yes. So I assume they they'll be going with Chase Edmonds. Yep. Who's been pretty good, but he is uh, injury risk as well. But you never know. Uh, the draft's coming up pretty soon. You can always draft a new running back, and I believe, I I don't know, I obviously I have a bit of love for Kyler Murray and and Arizona. I mean, I'm not very biased because they're not my team, but I believe that Kyler Murray is just is just a stud player, and I think that he's I think he's going to take the number one this year. Last year I predicted him for three, and right on the money. So this year, if he could break number one. I think that'll uh, that'll quiet you, you doubters. I don't think there's many doubters. Nobody's saying he's gonna do bad, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he did go. Well, you don't have him on your top three, so what does that make him? I, that doesn't make me a hater because I don't have him on my I top don't three. Know. I just, I already explained. I think he's an incredible athlete. I like I said, I think it's a tough division. And I think they're they're just gonna struggle against those teams. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. I I mean, he's he's played San Francisco really well every time he's played them. I mean, the Rams are a different story. It's very hard to play against the Rams, but they, I believe they lost their defensive coordinator as well. So that's never good when you have a star a star defensive coordinator. But that's besides the fact that their schedule is just so easy. And I don't, I don't believe we have much to argue about Patrick Mahomes. So our biggest differences were just Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott into this list. I can actually tell you what, uh, what Chris's picks are. I was, he he actually did send them in. Just give me a second to pull it up. But I know that his number one, uh, sorry about that. Just to be clear, I'm not downplaying Kyler. I just want it to be known that I am not downplaying him, and I struggled and putting him in my top three list. I would not okay, be surprised. Okay, so let me ask you. Let me ask you then: Would you draft Dak Prescott before you would draft Kyler Murray? Would I draft him? Yes. See, I don't know if I if I were given, I would say. I would have to go with Kyler just based off of Dak's injury risk because yeah. I it, it, it'd be foolish just to, you know, pass up on Kyler who is fresh. I mean, he had that little stint with it. I think it was his shoulder or something, which I do believe affected his play a little bit. I forget. I don't know if yeah. it was his shoulder, but he had, I know he had a little bit of an injury. But I, I just can't – I mean, with when it comes to injuries and big injuries like that, I don't think you can fool around with it. So I would have to go with Kyler in that situation. Yeah, I 
I would 100% take him, but yeah, I mean, that, that played a factor into mine. I mean, looking, he, he was also a very easy player to predict last year. So looking at my grades for him, he had a, his consistency rating for me was a nine, which is almost perfect. And you knew when to start him and when to sit him because when he played bottom defenses, he, his consistency was nine, which means he had one little hiccup against uh, bad bottom defenses. And against top defenses, I gave him a four. So that dragged down his play a little bit. So in those four games that he's going to be playing, you're, you might have a hard time starting him, but at least you could predict when he's going to do well. And I do have Kyler Murray as a high injury risk as well as, well, a Dak Prescott I have at very high. But I'd still have Kyler Murray as a high injury risk. But I mean, looking at it, looking at his rankings, I, I don't think Josh Allen has the same upside as him. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes does, but I don't think that obviously. And Josh Allen, who did better than him last year, I I think coming into this year, Kyler Murray is just surrounded by way more talent. So let me ask you, where do you have Dak then on the list? Let's, so I'll let me check my list real quick then. Because I have, I have Dak. My number four, so he's just right outside. I have Dak dropping all the way to eight for me. Interesting. Yep. So I have him. I have him way down now. Obviously, things can change as uh, as we get closer to draft season, but as of right now, I would need reassurance that his his recovery went well and that he's practicing and in training camp he's ready to go. He's not going to be moving up on my list till I hear that he's doing well in training camp. But yeah, I have uh, finally brought up Chris's list here. So he has Dak Prescott as number one. And okay. following that, he says that he would draft Dak the highest and he's the most consistent, which I mean, I guess in a way he is, but at the same time, that was such a small sample size. That wasn't even a whole season. So I don't count that as being the most consistent. I would put a little asterisk next to that. Uh, his second is going to be Kyler Murray. And uh, Chris claims that he has a tough schedule, but is a playmaker. However, he does not. I mean, if he's talking about the divisional games, then yes, but the rest of his schedule, not a tough schedule. And then Patrick Mahomes was his third. So basically we have four guys that we've listed all around uh, we have three different number ones, but all we have four guys basically in these top three lists that, I mean, not many people are going to catch up to them. They're pretty much the most elite talent out there right now. All right, so let me ask you this. Which of these guys would you be willing to go for a little bit earlier? Which one is worthy of that? Um, honestly, you've already, you've already proved that you don't want to go number one pick in the first round as not a number one pick the first round. You don't want to go with a quarterback, but who are you willing to stretch your neck for earlier? Uh, That's a tough one because I don't think there's anybody that I'd really, I mean, if, if any of them drop into the third round, I would, I would take them, but the earliest I would pick, I mean, it's, the same as my grading. It's going to be Kyler Murray. That'd be the only one that I'd really stretch for. I mean, I would, I wouldn't stretch enough to probably get him. He's probably going to go first or second round, but if I see him in the third, I might scoop him up. 
Yeah, see, I, I would say either Mahomes or Murray would be the only ones I would get. And I I would say, yeah, th- third round. I wouldn't go any earlier than that to try to oh, get and, somebody. And you're not going to get him there in most drafts. So yeah, especially if you have anybody in experience, you're not going to get him there. So basically, this debate is kind of all for naught because, I mean, I doubt either of us are going to be getting any of these three guys, to be honest with you. Yeah. But either way, um, we had, I mean, we, we got to do it every year. The the top guys, we got to prove ourselves correct at the end of the year. But that pretty much wraps it up for me. You got anything else, Andrew? Oh, I got nothing else, but I am happy to talk football again. It's been too long. Uh, this has been great. I love talking football, and we're going to have much more of it coming up. The draft comes up in about a month, and we're going to have a lot yeah. to talk about then. But for that's now, cool. we're just talking about our lists. And, yeah, so that's it. That's it for you, Andrew. Yeah, that's all I've got. All right. it's been It's been a pleasure, and we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter at FF Debaters. I believe Andrew has the Instagram at FF Debaters. Correct. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate all our listeners and tune in to see more. Hopefully we'll have Chris next week. And yeah, thanks. See you next week.